It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's thrive. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robison. Good morning, Thrive Life community. Thanks for joining me this Friday morning, this beautiful Friday morning. Hopefully, you're going to have an amazing weekend as we kick off this Friday for you. Live from the ACU of Texas Studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. I have a great show for you today. Erica Jensen with Respire Wealth Management is back, and we'll be talking stock market, including the Dow Jones and the Facebook meltdown with Cambridge Analytica and what that means, as well as, if we get to it, money and happiness and health, because we have quite a bit to cover today, <laughs> as always. So you can always listen to us every morning, every Friday morning at 10 a.m. here on VinylDraftRadio.com, on the TuneIn app, Alexa, or Google. Um, just re- a reminder that Facebook Live, we will be on for one or two segments, then we'll be segueing over to radio because we want you to have the full radio experience. So always join us on VinylDraftRadio.com after that first one or two segments to make sure you get the rest of the show because, as I said, we have a great show for you today and a lot to talk about. So as always, I'm your host, Amy Robison. I'm a nutrition consultant and owner of My Life Delicious, and you are listening to Thrive Life Radio. So we're excited to be here with you. So (laughs) weekly, I am creating a segment now at the beginning of the show for tips and resources and recommendations um, to provide more education for you on health and wellness, because that's part of the whole purpose of the show. And with Erica being on here, we're providing information on how to be financially well and to... You know, the more you understand, the more educated you are, the less stress you have. And you Mm -hmm. all know how I just constantly am hitting you over the head about dealing with your stress and being able to manage your stress. So I I told you last week I was not sure what I'm going to call the segment of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't really know. I'm thinking maybe like your weekly Thrive in Five. So something like that, maybe, because I I didn't want to just be like your health tip of the week, because I think that sounds really lame. So (laughs) I'm thinking you're you know, Thrive by Five, I think that might be really good. So what I wanted to kind of touch on today is all about breakfast. People get really confused when they're making diet changes as far as what in the world do I eat for breakfast, especially if your go-to is cereal or your go-to is a bagel or maybe your go-to is a donut. (laughs) (laughs) You're not really sure exactly what you should do or what are maybe, I shouldn't even say that, what you should do, just some better options for you to do in the morning. So Erica, what do you you like to go to for breakfast in the morning? So my big go-to for breakfast in the morning is I get a half of an avocado and I stick it in one of my oven-safe mugs and I put a crack an egg on top of it and sprinkle some cheese on top and I just stick it in the oven and I let it bake while I'm getting ready and then when I get done then I can take it out put some hot sauce on it and eat it so that's my go-to for breakfast in the morning if you had that this morning I'm like seriously (laughs) jealous because I had like a Lara bar I actually didn't eat breakfast this morning so I I know breakfast is important but sometimes in the morning I'm just not hungry especially if I had a big dinner and so I'll wait and eat at lunch but yeah and I'm actually really glad you brought it up because people ask that all the time like do I have to eat breakfast in the morning when do I eat breakfast in the morning and the answer is there is no real answer 
to that. It really depends on the person. Some people do well eating like first thing or within the first hour they get up and maybe that's really good and fires up their metabolism. But for other people, they do, you know, even like an intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is you're eating kind of within a shortened window of the mm-hmm. day. So maybe you're eating between like 11 and seven. So you wouldn't even eat breakfast. You wouldn't eat until like 11 o'clock. And there actually is some pretty decent data about that helping to regulate your blood sugar and, you know, weight, weight, you know, yeah. weight maintenance and all that kind of stuff. So it can be really beneficial. Well, as you know, you know, I, I follow a ketogenic diet. And, right. Um, so for me, intermittent fasting kind of happens on accident yep. because I eat a lot of fat in my diet and it just holds me over. I don't get very hungry on accident, but then I end up eating huge <laughs> meals, which is fine. Yeah, it is fine. As long as you're getting everything that you need in for the day. And it's, it's like you were kind of like reading my brain this morning. So <laughs> as far as, you know, eating fat. So the first meal of the day, it really is better if it's focused on protein and fat as opposed to a heavy carbohydrate. And the reason that is, is that it's going to help maintain that blood sugar. Blood sugar is a really big problem. And it's more than just someone with diabetes. It's the average person, your blood sugar is swinging all over the place. And you know this because you're either getting shaky around mealtimes, you're getting hangry, Mm -hmm. you're getting more brain fog, you have that afternoon slump. And that means that your blood sugar is just not sustaining you through the day. So that fat and protein, particularly for breakfast, is much better option to take you through into the lunch hour as opposed to you reaching for that coffee and donut at 10 a.m. Yeah, when I I used to um, just, you know, eat whatever I wanted. And when that happened by after lunchtime, I'd be ready to fall asleep. I would honestly yeah. be sitting and talking to someone and I could feel my eyes getting heavy. And I'm like, <laughs> sitting there conscious, trying to keep them open. <laughs> You're like, That's when you need like the tape where you put it on the eyebrows and like pull it. Off. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, or like a clockwork orange or you know, Yes, um, exactly. So, <laughs> so when we were on vacation recently, you know, we of course did not eat ketogenic in Italy because well, we'd be, can't. I we'd mean, be you're crazy in Italy, people. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we did all the pasta and the carbs and the desserts and all that good stuff and pizza. Of course you've got bread and um, my body definitely felt it. I mean, I mm. enjoyed it, but I definitely felt the crashes and everything that I felt before. Yeah, it's so interesting once you kind of switch up your diet in a way like that, when you come bring some of those other things back in. I mean, seriously, if you're in Italy, you just need to eat food, okay? (laughs) It's not the time to be in a diet, just eat food and enjoy it. But your body will tell you if something's working for you or not. Oh, it does. Yeah, and so a really good rule of thumb is if you're having breakfast, you know, whatever time that is for you, and within like an hour or so, you feel like you need to take a nap, you need to reevaluate what you're eating. Because your, your meals should actually energize you. They shouldn't make you want to take a nap. That's completely opposite. So that's saying your blood sugar went up really fast and it came down really mm-hmm. fast. So we need to reevaluate that. So like Erica's breakfast is absolutely fantastic and making me really hungry no, right thank now. You. Yes. <laughs> so like some of the first things I put on, on my list to kind of tell you is eggs and avocado. Those were the two first things that I put on the that's list. That's crazy. I know. See, I'm telling you, like you're, you're in my brain We this did morning. not plan we this. We totally did not plan this, but you are in my brain. <laughs> so another thing you could do is something called chia pudding. So this is a great way to use like alternative milks if you don't, if you have a dairy issue and can't do um, a decent quality yogurt in the morning. <laughs> yeah, tacos are good. Tacos, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we are in Texas, you know, that's the land of the breakfast taco. So 
Anyway, so chia pudding, you basically just put some chia seeds and do some milk or something mm-hmm. like that, and it kind of sets up kind of like a yogurt. So that's a great way, and it also gives you some really good fiber, which, again, also helps stabilize that, that blood sugar. If you're going to do oatmeal, please don't do instant oatmeal. You know, get some whole rolled oats or some steel-cut oats. And a great thing to do there is to add some collagen powder or some protein powder to it and make sure you're adding fat. So some butter, ghee, heavy some cream. heavy cream, <laughs> coconut oil, add some fat mm-hmm. in there so that we just get that... You you know, not that instant release of glucose into the bloodstream. Let's just get it slowed down a little bit. So it's not an out. You just need to switch it up a little bit. Um, and then a smoothie. So please make sure this is not a sugar bomb. So a smoothie should not be like all fruit and like a little bit of, of powder, <laughs> protein powder, and a bunch of juice. That's a total sugar bomb. It's going to have the exact same effect basically as eating a donut. So, you know, a good rule of thumb is maybe like a quarter cup of fruit is fine. Make sure you're not using juice. Use like some coconut milk, almond milk, regular milk, whatever that is for you, a good quality protein powder that's nice and clean, so minimal ingredients. And then having some kind of fat in there with it is really important. So throwing some avocado, which makes them really nice mm-hmm. and creamy and absolutely fantastic. So some yeah. avocado in there. People don't think about that, but I avocado know. goes great in sweet stuff. It really, really does. And it's, it's actually very mild flavor. I've had clients who absolutely hate avocado who put it in their smoothies and didn't notice it at all. So yeah. it was a total win-win. Yeah. So yeah, that's an absolutely fabulous for you. And then you can also always do like dinner leftovers or even soup for breakfast. I know that sounds really weird to us, but... <laughs> It can be a great. It can be a great breakfast. Well, I and love easy. taking the protein from the dinner the night before and then just scrambling it with eggs. Yes, like that, you can't get easier than that. Exactly. Super simple and super fast because that's part of the other thing is I don't have time to make breakfast. And some days you don't. That's just the way it is. Some days you don't have time. You're scrambling out the door. You got a blade or something or something. Ha- crazy happens on your way up in the morning so you know don't be too hard on yourself but if you make some time to do a decent breakfast I'm gonna guarantee you you're going to feel better and no matter what time of day that is that you're eating whether it's first thing in the morning or you're eating you know later mid-morning and again it's it's completely up to your body and what works best for you but you know have something to eat in the morning is just going to help again fire that metabolism up but also keep that blood sugar even so you're not just reaching for you know the donut and the cup of coffee in the afternoon so you know give Give yourself a little bit of help and don't just rely strictly on that willpower to like power you through, you know, by eating some real food, it's going to give you some help to get you through mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. So that's your Thrive in Five. Awesome. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> and that was fun. And you're, I've been telling you, you're in my brain today. So. <laughs> So, of course, Erica is sitting here joining in with me today, and she is my resident financial advisor and, of course, owner of Respire Wealth Management. And I'm so glad to have you back after your wonderful trip that you just Thank got to take you. to Italy. Woo. That's how oh, I, I loved looking at the pictures. I'm like, oh, this looks so amazing. It looked like so much fun to me. So um, why don't you tell our new listeners a little bit about your business? And then I know you have some disclaimers to kind of throw out there for okay, everybody as sure. we go through the program today. Yep. So I'm Erica Jensen. I own Respire Wealth Management. Respire Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. And um, we will go into discussing some companies and some investment types today. Just briefly, they're not recommendations to buy. And if I give any financial advice, it may not apply to you. Um, But I would say that if you have questions or if you want to know if something's right for you, definitely reach out to your advisor or call me or, you know, whatever that may be. And I'm more than happy to answer questions. 
um, openly, honestly, or you know, give second opinions. But the, the key is that you know what we're talking about today is can't be <laughs> considered <laughs> advice. She is not telling you what to do today. We are just chatting and giving you some education mm-hmm. about how to understand things that are going on in stock market and things like that today. So we actually had a. If you're interested in financial advisor, we had a great show last month where we actually kind of talked about what a financial advisor is and and questions to ask when you're looking for one. So I think we called it um, Fun With Money. It's on SoundCloud now on Thrive Life Radio. So definitely go back to that if you're interested in looking for a financial advisor because we don't have time to go through all that today. But that'll give you some good ideas of what that means and how to go about choosing someone to work with. It was a really good show. That was a fun show. It really was a fun show. So we have a lot to talk about today. (laughs) There's been a lot of things going on. I don't know if those of you have been watching the news and kind of keeping up with what's happening, but we've had a lot going on. So we're going to kind of go into what's been going on with the stock market and kind of, you know, what your feeling is about how everything's going. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Facebook because, you know, their their stock is way, way down, lost quite a bit of money this week with the whole Cambridge Analytica issue. And then, of course, the Dow Jones um, um, Industrial. And, you know, it's lost, you know, some of its gains in the last year. But, you know, you're going to kind of go through what does that mean and, you know, why doesn't it worry you? And then if we get to it, we're going to talk about, you know, money and how happiness and health and you know how you can kind of navigate those waters and what that really means so we don't know if we'll get to that or not today but we're sure as heck gonna try to we are so so again you are listening to thrive life radio and we are going to be chatting stock market today listen to previous episodes in our audio archives connect with us on soundcloud itunes and google play you won't want to miss what's next This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. Good morning, Thrive Life community. Welcome back. This is Amy Robinson, your host. I'm glad to be with you on this beautiful Friday morning, getting ready to kick off your Easter weekend. I keep forgetting it's Easter (laughs) time. (laughs) <laughs> it just felt like it kind of like snuck up on me all of a sudden. So Easter weekend, I hope you all have a great, good Friday and a wonderful Easter Sunday, whatever it is that you are doing over the weekend. So Erica Jensen, Respire Wealth Management, is back in studio today, and we have a great show. If you missed the first segment, I mean, we were like in each other's brains talking about <laughs> <laughs> what to do for breakfast. So I'm going to be doing a weekly segment called Thrive in Five. I think that's probably a good name. Mm-hmm. Kelly Spees, she told me, Kelly Williams, she's like, yeah, well, Thrive and Five, I like it. So because Kelly said so, I think we're going to go I with Thrive and so. Five. So anyway, it was a good segment about kind of what to do for breakfast because I know that's really confusing for people. So now we're going to segue to something totally different and talk about finances and the stock market. So how is that for a combination this morning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why don't you give us a little rundown on what's been going on with stock market? I mean, it looks like the economy has been doing really well. I think I saw in the news earlier this week, they were saying we've had like 108 to 114 months straight of growth, you know, so everything looks like it's rolling pretty good. So what's your take on it? Yes, the economy right now is really strong. It's doing well. There's um, not any economic indicator that says that the market could go down. We're not really facing any um, any asset bubbles, you know, like we mm-hmm. did in the last credit crisis where there was right. the housing bubble and the, you know, the, the associated credit crisis. Um, the only real bubbles we get, you know, sometimes are with some types of investments. Like last year, there was, you know, the, the stupid Bitcoin bubble. Yes. And- <laughs> That um, went up and came right back <laughs> yeah. down. So, you know, there, there are 
little bubbles that happen and, and there are people who um, speculate and I say you know speculate um, for a reason that the stock market could still be too high mm-hmm. even from um, as far as it's you know fallen uh, the key with that is that there are ratios that investors use to determine if the prices are right on the stocks that are trading on the stock market. And remember, when you own a stock, you've got an ownership share in the company, and that price is supposed to reflect the potential of the company, future earnings, you know, based on right. what they're doing, what their market share is, what they're selling, and um, and also the, the company's kind of, let's call it liquidation value. If they were to sell off all the assets they owned, what would they be worth? So the stock price is supposed to reflect all of those things kind of in a simplified nutshell. And when the stock market when the stock prices get too high then people start saying well this is not a good buy because you'd have to hold it for x number of years to ensure that you really are getting your you know your money's worth because it goes up and down and we have the saying you buy low and you sell high and um there are lots of people that word that different ways so like the warren buffett you know wording is i like to buy stocks and socks when they're on sale (laughs) um he also says be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy Mm, and i think those are good advice yeah those are all good saying there are people who say you know when there's blood on the streets buy which i think that one's that's kind of a a, little intense a little hairy yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but the point is that the stock market probably is high i don't know that that means that it's going to plummet but i think that what we are in right now is we're in what we would consider a correction and a correction is just where the market writes itself it kind of gets back to the prices where it's supposed to be so last year we had what's referred to as a melt up which is where the market goes up completely irrationally there's no rhyme or reason for Mm -hmm. it it just goes up and it it's people piling in and then when that happens it kind of kicks on like the thermostat in your house, right? If you've got your thermostat set at 71 and it gets to be 73 in your house, then the AC kicks on and it brings the temperature back down. Okay, The stock market sense. behaves in a very similar way on its own. And so what we're seeing right now is that happening. And when that happens, the market will become very, very sensitive to headlines. So we have mm-hmm. headline risk. Um, <clears throat> it'll kind of bounce around every day. There's There are people who respond maybe to perceived geopolitical risk. So like if we're, for instance, you know, in like a you know, muscle flexing contest with, um, <laughs> you know, with North Korea yeah. um, and then, you know, or I think I saw on the other on the news the other day, somebody referred to that as a measuring contest. Right. right. And so when you're <laughs> when yes. you're getting into, you know, when you're getting into these things with other countries and you don't know what's what it's going to be, there's some uncertainty. And as a result of that, the market will respond. The other thing that you have to um, worry about, too, is is um, how will uh, regulations or legislation uh, or policy affect how our companies operate? Mm-hmm. So I've talked to people that work at companies, for example, that rely on steel. Right. That's or, the one, exactly yeah. the one that popped into my head. <laughs> rely yeah. on steel or they rely on, you know, on trade and they're concerned about, you know, what all the tariff talk is going to do. But um, it's important not to speculate on what, you know, could happen if you're a long-term investor because those things tend to work themselves out. Right. So right. no matter how you feel about the political environment that we're in, the economy is strong. And um, <clears throat> China although they own, you know, they own a significant amount of U.S. dollars, U.S. debt, 
um, they also value us because we're their number one consumer of right. goods. Yeah. And so we do have sharp elbows in this fight, right? So we, you know, we, we can throw some weight around. Yeah, it's not something they're just going to, you know, be, they can't just roll over us. There's there's quite a bit right. more to the story than that's much more involved. Right. Yeah. And this is bigger than just protectionism. So it's not like we're trying to say, well, we, we want to, you know, strengthen American goods and keep out the cheap Chinese goods. This boils down to you know stealing intellectual capital right. from american companies that are that are you know having things manufactured there and so it, it's a bigger picture thing and it's going to take a while to see how it pans out it's just important for people not to react to a headline but the yeah. difficulty is that the news likes to you know <laughs> they 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 like headlines and they like anything that will make you read so you see crazy figures like you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has moved 20,000 points in a week or traveled 20,000 points in a week, which I think I mentioned a couple of, mm -hmm. you know, shows ago. And all that means is that it went up and down multiple days. It was a it was a week with big swings and all total the point moves right. were 20,000. So it doesn't mean that it went like all the way up or all the way down 20,000. No. It means the total movement up and down it, is 20,000. For an entire week. Yeah. And it, when you see that number, you're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And intraday yeah. swings as well. So if it went up 100 points mm -hmm. and down 100 points in one day, that's, you know, it's that, 200 points. And, and it yeah. can do that in 30 minutes. And yeah. so putting it, you know, into perspective, when you see these big numbers, they're, they're grasping at things to put on the screen or to put yeah. into a headline that makes people go oh this is really exciting let's keep watching <laughs> yeah and they're working on viewership right so the, yeah. the dow right now is and i've got to check my numbers here i think it 24 okay so 24,103 um as of yesterday and so they'll have like this is the worst point drop since x year well point drops don't matter because point drops are going to be relative to whatever it's trading at. So for mm -hmm. example, if you had a 700 point drop or a 600 point drop, that would chalk up to one of the biggest, one of let's say the 10 biggest point drops in a day. It's only a two and a half percent drop and two and a half percent drops in a day are fairly normal. Yeah, that doesn't and really so, sound like a whole lot when you compare it like, oh, it's 600, 700 points. That sounds like <laughs> massive and really substantial. Yeah. But when you bring it, break it down into the percentage, you're like, yeah, oh, well, that's not really that exciting or no. something to get all hyped up about. And the other thing is, it's only 30 companies in the Dow right, Jones Industrial right. Average. Yeah, I was going to actually have you kind of talk about what, what the Dow Jones, for if you don't know, what the Dow Jones Industrial even means. Yeah, so what is that? Yeah, so it's so it's an index, and there are lots of different um, indices or indexes, as you know, people say, whatever your preferred plural is. <laughs> but um, the Dow Jones is just 30 companies, and it's 30 large cap companies, right. and they're meant to kind of represent the overall health of you know, the, the U.S. Um, market. And so I don't have them memorized, but I have them, you know, up so we yeah, can so discuss. Yeah, so it's kind of just a snap. Like you said, if they're the largest companies, you know, that the health of those companies is going to is gonna kind of filter down into what the health of the whole country yeah. is doing economically. Yeah. Okay, that but makes it's, sense. It's companies we all know. So yeah. 3M, American Express, Apple, Boeing, Caterpillar, Chevron, Cisco, Coca-Cola, Disney, you know, ExxonMobil, General Electric, Home Depot, Johnson & Johnson, McDonald's. Like there's, you 
you know right. I mean it's stuff very well known you know big massive corporations yeah. that you know when you see what's going on with those it I guess maybe the the thing about that would be for the average person is seeing what's going on with those gives you kind of a oh everything's okay because those mm-hmm. companies are doing really well yeah and yeah. but the other thing is too that with these large companies they have a lot more exposure to international consumers because they're gigantic and these they're are, everywhere yeah, yeah these are companies that have hundreds of billions sometimes in in market capitalization that's how big these companies are they're just huge and they have exposure to international consumers so for example a few years ago china kind of went through its own financial crisis similar to what we went through and they had to go through this big deleveraging and their stock market plummeted and a lot of wealth disappeared in that process and so when that happened u.s large cap stocks tanked because they have exposure to those Mm -hmm. consumers and so that's you know something that it's it's always important to keep in mind is they're huge companies they're companies you know they've been around forever they're not going anywhere but they have exposure to the global right economy and it's only 30 there are literally you know <laughs> thousands and thousands of stocks traded on the stock market and it's not just these 30 companies and so if you're looking at that as your main indicator of whether or not you should buy or sell then you you may be a little bit limited mm-hmm. in your vision absolutely well mm-hmm. and, as, and especially like you said you know the the and especially those large companies that are so visual and do have so much at stake globally headlines can be a big deal for them you know if mm-hmm. something comes out or you know i know there's a lot of you know upheaval in just the tech you know, right now in general and we're going to get to facebook um here af- in just a little bit but you know with facebook with amazon there's like all of this kind of upheaval going on right mm-hmm. now and they're really really exposed and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means here in a bit but but, you know, I can see where people would be, you know, seeing those 30 companies would be kind of like almost overly excited or maybe resting on your laurels a little bit, you know, and just looking at those by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really, really interesting. I actually had to kind of look up what the Dow Jones was this morning and just being because <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of had an idea of what it was, but I'm like, oh, I don't really know what that means. So I looked it up. I'm like, oh, OK, now I now I get it. It's basically just a snapshot of the large companies and what's going on for mm-hmm. them and getting a sense of the health of the economy in that way. Yeah, it yeah. gives us a benchmark. Right. So if we want to say, well, how is this company um, per, you know, performing versus uh, its index? Is it is it performing better than its peers or worse than its peers? Right. Then we can choose which peer group we're looking at. And that's what these indexes do. And then they also help you know, fund managers. Fund managers need to benchmark to something. And so a lot of times they'll use an index for that purpose as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, just especially looking at those companies and using that as a benchmark of, and you, I, I like that idea of, you know, the different peer groups within those, you know, companies and, you know, the, all the other people that are involved in those same industries and kind of choosing what peer group you're looking at. So again, you are listening to Thrive Life Radio. So how do you feel about Facebook today? And are you in the hashtag delete Facebook crowd? <laughs> Here, what's next? N- next. Right. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robison. Wish you could hear more Thrive Life Radio? You can. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe in iTunes, and Google Play Music. Every episode, every week.
Welcome back, Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you on this Easter weekend. This is Amy Robison, your host, and we're just having some money talk this morning with Erica Jensen. So I'm really thrilled to have you back. So if you're just joining us, we've had a couple of great segments. The first segment, we actually talked about breakfast. I know that has not really anything to do with money, but it was a really great segment giving you some ideas of what in the world to eat in the morning and when and why that's not necessarily important. And then we kind of went through um, what's going on with the stock market and how the economy's been doing and what the Dow Jones is. And as we are on break, we started kind of having a, a really good conversation, um, asking some really good questions. And one of the statements you made that I thought was really good is you said, the stock market is not the economy and the economy is not the stock market. Right. And I think that's a really important statement. So what, what do you mean by that? So the the stock market can go up regardless of what's happening in the economy because we are consumers. We always buy goods and services that we need. And that's really what drives the stock market. It's just it might drive a different part of the stock market at a different time. Mm-hmm. The stock market can fall because something in the economy was a catalyst for that. But the stock market, if it falls, for example, if the stock market tanks or corrects itself, it's not an indicator that the economy is doing poorly. It's not an indicator that suddenly people are going to be jobless. Mm-hmm, right. um, and so it's important to separate the two and realize that they are um, independent entities. And so the economy can function fine, even if the stock market's going down. Yeah. And it's, it's, it may be an indicator of the health of companies operating, or it, it can tell us what cycle of the economy that we're in, for example. So um, I'm not sure if I've discussed this on the show before, but one of the examples I give is that if, if everybody's employed and unemployment's very low, then there might be a lot more people going and stopping at Starbucks for a cup right. of coffee. Yeah. Right. Right. And if suddenly unemployment is at almost 14%, there are a lot less people with discretionary income to spend on their Starbucks. Yeah. But those people might still go to the grocery store to buy their peanut butter and their cheese and their, you know, mm-hmm. craft, right. Pepsi, Co. What all, you know, all these different these different goods that they buy that are made by, you know, huge companies. Mm-hmm. And that can drive the stock market. They also are more likely if they've got a limited amount of income and they need to choose where they're going to spend it, they're going to spend that money keeping the lights on in their house. So that's, right. you know, utilities. So we can tell based on how different parts of the stock market are performing versus others, we can get an idea sometimes of which portion of the economic cycle we're in, whether it's an expansion or contraction cycle, but the economy and the stock market are not one and the same. And it's really important to separate the two. Yes. I think that's when you said that, I was like, Oh, that's a statement we need to kind of go back to live on the air because I think people do. And they see, and like we were talking about those headlines, when you see those 20,000 point swings, you start kind of freaking out and thinking, especially because really we're not that far away from the last kind of meltdown, you know, it was just in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. So there, I think for some people, there still is that, you know, feeling of uneasiness and uncertainty. And if they see headlines like that, it's going to bring back some of that residual fear and stress left over from that situation. Yeah, and the market yeah. may go down further. I don't know, right. but if it, no one, no one really no does. One knows. <laughs> Lots yeah. of people can make <laughs> predictions, but if you predict the apocalypse every single day, eventually you'll be right, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so exactly. the the point is that you know the stock market may continue to go down. I think it probably will continue to to bounce around the way that it is at least through August or September, maybe yeah. longer. But um, the the and I could be wrong. The point is that we're in a really great part of uh, the economic cycle that's not changing and the market needed to correct itself. This is a normalizing 
event that we're seeing. Yeah. It just happens to be very sensitive to headlines. Yes, exactly. So nothing to be really freaking out about right now. Just kind of keep going, rolling with the flow and pay attention to things. And, you know, it's part of the reason of having Erica on is to explain some of this stuff. So we're not just freaking out every time a new headline pops up. And again, like you said, the headlines are there because they want viewership. So it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily that there's something actually going on. So I know one of the big things that's been in the headlines, speaking of headlines, is the issue with Facebook and the, the kind of scandal, I guess, with Cambridge Analytica. And they've lost quite a bit of ground this week themselves. So kind of, what is what does that mean? Sure. So um, so Facebook dropped, I think, 20 percentage points ish from its high price. It's now still down something like 16 or 17 percent. Um, and when that loss happens, people are selling. They're selling in anticipation that Facebook will have less users. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Facebook was first it first announced it was going to have an IPO. My big question was, well, how does it monetize? Mm-hmm. Because at the time, there weren't a lot of businesses buying advertising right, and things right. on Facebook. So I was like, well, how on earth is, how does Facebook make money? And it turned out that anytime somebody would post a status update or they would talk to people about things on Facebook, there were keywords that would give clues about personal preferences of people within certain age and gender demographics and things like that in certain locations around the country. And Facebook, when you signed up, you could, you know, you would agree to let them use this general data. So if you mentioned pizza and, you know, a hundred thousand other people in a region mentioned pizza and they were all women between the ages of, you know, 30 <laughs> and 40, then there would be some indication about women between the ages of 30 and 40 and their preference for pizza. Right. And so those right. are things that marketing companies buy when they're helping people to advertise. And so then that would be used in, you know, targeted marketing campaigns mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And um, so that was how Facebook started monetizing. And even now, if you've ever bought ad space on Facebook, I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. ever promoted an Mm -hmm. ad or something like that, you can drill down through demographics. Like you can see... What you can they get very think. specific. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Are they a homeowner? Um, what is their income level or perceived income level? You can get all this information. Now, some of that people don't enter into Facebook, mm-hmm. but Facebook uses different assumptions to determine what they think. Yes. And then you, so you can target really, 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 really specifically. Close. Really, really yeah, specifically. Um, I want to target, you know, 50,000 people in the U.S. in the, or sorry, in the Houston region um, that are between the ages of, you know, 25 and 70. And I want them all to have an income of, you know, between 80 and $250,000 a year. I want them all to be homeowners. Um, I want them all to be interested in um, investing. Like these are all Mm -hmm. preferences that you can drill down through. And that data is sold on so that they can market elsewhere too on TV and throughout the internet. So that that data exists because we put it out there Mm -hmm. and we're giving Facebook something to sell. Yeah. Okay. And that and that still is the way that they'll continue to use our data. They're not giving out in that case, you know, maybe our names and you know think, things right. like that, right? right? So that's that's what you really don't want is them losing your passwords and things like that. And that never was um, part of the issue. Right. Part of the issue. Right. So the issue is that people give up too much and they just click through and they don't read. They have no idea what they're getting into. Yeah. So if you um, have you ever taken a quiz on Facebook? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm never taking another quiz on Facebook. <laughs> Jeez, because it yeah. shares. I know. And I and you you do see that it pops up. It's, you know, you're you're saying, yes, you're you're OK with sharing all this information. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, OK, well, I'm sharing this information. Where does it go? Yeah. So the company will say we will be able to see your profile information, right. okay, your profile information, whether it's public or private. 
So if you have your your profile information set as private because you don't want everybody seeing your stuff, as soon as you take one of those quizzes and you give it permission to see your profile, it's going to see all your data. It can see all your old pictures, all your old locations, um, where you've lived, if you've changed cities. Mm. It can see all of that wow. information. And um, so what, what had happened was, what happened with um, this particular instance with Cambridge Analytica is that in 2013, there was a researcher at Cambridge University in the UK, and he wanted to get information about specific demographics. And so in order to collect that information about specific demographics, he created a personality quiz that he knew people would take. And so then um, a whole bunch of people, and this numbered in the, um, the tens of thousands, took this personality quiz. But when, at the time that he released the personality quiz, which was, yeah, two th- okay, 2013, the quiz was taken by, sorry, 300,000 people. Okay, wow. Yep, 300,000 yeah. people. So significant amount of data he's going to be getting from yeah. this. Yeah, but in that, the question was, we will also get your friend's data. So right. when you were clicking OK, yeah. you were giving him permission to not only see all of your profile information, but the profile information of all of your friends. And there was no barrier to prevent him from doing that. Okay. Yeah. In 2014, Facebook took action to keep people from being able to give permission to see their friends' data. Mm-hmm. They said, no, no We're more of that. that. We can't. Yeah. If Amy wants people to see her information, then Amy has to opt her in for that. Erica can't. And so they changed that in 2014. They also um, learned in 2015 that the data from 2013 had been handed over to um, Cambridge Analytica. And they took steps and they banned the guy from using the platform um, anymore. And they also contacted Cambridge Analytica to certify that they had deleted the data, Um, but they did not. So all of that happened prior, like 2015 and prior. Mm -hmm. And so now we're finding out this year that that data was not deleted. It was retained and it was used you know, improperly um, by Cambridge Analytica to run political campaigns, which apparently they have some unsavory, you know, methods that they use when they're running political campaigns. It sounded, campaigns. I mean, I only kind of, you know, got like bits and pieces from the um, the whistleblower, I guess, who was, you know, coming forward with all of this. And it sounded like it was definitely not on the up and up. Right. Yeah. 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 That there were some pretty shady things that were actually going on with the use of the data. Yeah. Yeah. So people are really, you know, pardon my expression, taking a dump on Facebook, but they did, you right. know, they did take some steps prior to this and and it's my understanding that they did request that cambridge analytica destroy all the data mm-hmm. several years ago it just wasn't done and um the and, and cambridge analytica told them it was so that's another right. you know right. that's, and how do you monitor that how do you regulate you know your yeah you know is there some way they can go in and make sure that that happens like did you do it yes okay well we believe you everything's good now yeah. and that's apparently not what's happening so a lot <laughs> There's a lot going on. So you're listening to Thrive Life Radio, and I'm going to ask, how happy does money make you? (laughs) (laughs) For more info on today's show, go to FinalDraftRadio.com. Click links and guests. Final Draft Radio. (laughs) 
Welcome back, Thrive Life community. This is Amy Robinson, your host, and we are digging down into money with Erica Jensen today. We've had some really good conversations about the stock market and what that is, the health of the economy, and we were just talking about Facebook. And we are going to try to kind of segue into money and happiness, but we had such a good conversation about kind of continuing talking about Facebook and what's kind of going on with that, um, that I think we kind of need to dive back into that. And, and as we were discussing on the break, it actually kind of made me also think of as a business owner and using Facebook. And if, you know, as things start to change, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the the big thing to remember too is that Facebook's not alone in how it markets. I mean, this is the same method that's used by Google. We were discussing cookies on the break, how those track you from website to website to website. Um, we it's also been used for years by, you know, direct marketing companies. They know what magazines mm-hmm. you subscribe to, they know where you live, they know the value of the homes in your area. These have never been secrets. It's just that we're making it more accessible to them because our behavior and our preferences are tracked online. Right. And so that's the big, you know, kicker here is that this is not new and they're not selling your names or anything, you know, like that, but they are giving out information. And and so it's the privacy policies are, you know, we've had our real estate. (laughs) They're they're wordy, they're long, and it's a lot of consumers and people that use social media don't know what part of their information is out there. And so, and even if they read it, they wouldn't. They probably still don't understand it. Is it no. re- probably really full of legalese, and you're just like, I yeah. have no idea what this means. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so the reason that Facebook's, you know, their that their stock has fallen is because investors will look at that and they'll say, okay, well, people hashtag delete Facebook, right? Yeah, <laughs> and there are less users on Facebook, and then then there will be less data for Facebook to monetize, and so that cuts into their revenue stream. And Facebook has been. Um, unattractive for younger users mm-hmm. and losing some usership anyway. Yes. And so that's causing you know their stock value to fall. But Facebook also owns Instagram, WhatsApp, and you know a lot of other companies. Mm-hmm. And so they are getting more diversified and they're still appealing right. to people. It's really not just the Facebook platform. So even if right. you delete Facebook and you keep Instagram, <laughs> well, it's, like, it's still Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, you're not really sticking it to the man. Because <laughs> you're yeah. still using the same the same platforms and yeah. like you said they they really do mostly run the same as far and especially as far as the data that they're collecting a mm-hmm. lot of them are super similar yeah. so yeah you're really not sticking it to the man if you're mm-hmm. doing that <laughs> yeah i know that ha- i'm not planning on hashtag delete facebook because i do use it for <laughs> business and i think it's a great platform as a business owner to be able to put you know free content out for people so mm-hmm. people can you know get more information more education and learn more so for me it's been you know a, a good from that perspective but i think it is really important to understand what you're putting out out there yeah what kind of information you are sharing and like you were saying because you know the privacy policies and things like that they're they're really wordy and you're not going to completely understand the you know the consequences or the ramifications of providing all of this personal data so it probably a really good exercise for people who are on Facebook to go back through their profile and see what you have shared yeah see what you shared definitely because it's all on there and yeah. so yeah and I can't believe that we're having a conversation where we're saying hash tag delete Facebook. <laughs> I know it's, it's well, and that's what I, year is this? I know it just going going you know back <laughs> like we <laughs> we're aging ourselves <laughs> like hashtag delete Facebook. <laughs> but I remember twelve pen printers. <laughs> I remember I was, oh, I don't know. Oh, we were watching, um, okay, we were watching Silence of the Lambs the other day, but <laughs> and 
part of the segment, in part of the movie, they're using, you know, the fax machine and waiting for the fax to go through and the old dialing telephone with the fax machine. And I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I remember when those things were like really popular. And, and now here we are at Facebook and we're, we're using the terminology, literally hashtag delete Facebook. So it's in amazing. Where words the- <laughs> on the radio. And <laughs> words on the radio. <laughs> it's amazing where things have come these days. <laughs> So I am not going to be in that crowd as of now. I think, you know, there's definitely relevant things about it. And this is kind of the way that things are going. So if that's your, you know, what something that you feel strongly about, by all means do it. But if anything, please just go and look at your profile and, you know, make some adjustments there and realize that what you're sharing is not, is not actually private. And you are giving them permission to, you know, kind of send that stuff out there and use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just FYI. <laughs> So I, I want to kind of move into a really exciting topic because I just get excited and nerdy about stuff like this. But you have written a book. Yeah. And that is so flipping cool. Thank so you. please tell us about your book and tell us when it's coming out. Okay. So I've got to finish it this weekend. I'm almost <laughs> done. Um, it's based on, if you follow me on Instagram at Respire Wealth, um, I've done 30, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be 31 days after the end of this week uh, with of Money March. Hashtag Money March. <laughs> Back to the hashtag <laughs> at symbol respire love, uh, and uh, that's awesome. And so I've tried to keep it uh, somewhat simple, but in steps that people can understand, where they can follow along and they can they can uh, figure out their finances. Because if we want to talk about money and happiness, um, having more money does not make people happy. It's knowing how to use money that makes people happy. And yes. there's a statistic: something like seventy percent of all lottery winners end up bankrupt yeah i yeah. saw that recently actually it was yeah. like, wow and that just goes to show that you can you, you know, i think this is something that gets thrown around at least in the entrepreneurial world all the time like you want more money you want more money and it's like well w- if you don't even know how to use it in the first place what good is that actually going to bring you does to get nothing. to this next level it actually yeah. does nothing and it actually fact, causes it can, more headaches yeah it can create more stress yeah. and so um the the book is geared towards everyone um a little bit like a language alert i mean it's real talk in the book it's not meant to be it's not meant to pander to you it's meant to talk about real situations so there's you know anecdotes talk about some people i met with one time that bought this used pos cadillac escalade and they got like an 11 percent loan on it and then they couldn't unload it they were underwater and they just had to you know default on it and let it go and there these are all real stories things that happen to people and the purpose of it is just to organize personal finances into 31 lessons it's not meant to fix your finances in 31 days right it's meant to be (laughs) 31 steps things you can come back and reference and the key is revisiting so if you're really screwing up on one part then odds are you need to go back and you need to to look at a step before mm-hmm. because odds are you're not doing that step correctly and Got then it. resume play. And so that's something that people don't realize is that if they're having trouble saving for retirement and they're borrowing from their retirement account, odds are they're not budgeting and they're not saving in a savings account. Right. Like So these yeah. are things people don't realize are related mm-hmm. to each other at all. So interesting how that and works. Yeah, yes. it's very interesting how that works. And so the purpose of the book is to go through those steps and organize it in a way that's real that people can can understand and for it to be relatable for them. Yeah, I think that that is really exciting. And I've followed some of your um, your 30, 31 days, you know, on March as far as, you know, the posts that you're putting out. And it's, it, it is, it's it's real life, real good information. Just like what's going on here? Are you doing this? Have you done this? Have you tried this? You know, are you looking at this? And the, it is, it, it number one, it catches your attention like, oh, 
yeah, maybe I need to actually, <laughs> maybe I need to take a look at that. That's not something I even really considered taking a look at. So, I mean, I think the the program has been really good. So I'm, I didn't actually even realize that's what your book was going to be about. Mm-hmm. So that makes me even more excited about it Yeah. because again, you know, it's all about educating people from a place that they can understand. So breaking it down. So where it's not all of this, you know, technical, you know, speech where they can say step by step, these are the things you need to work at. And so I love that it is literally like start here. Once you got that, move on to the next one. Yeah. It's yeah. just an expansion of the money March thing. And, um, it's going to be on, um, Amazon initially, it'll be available in ebook and in paperback. Um, the ebook will be free for the first little while. I haven't mm-hmm. determined what the promotion period will be. So, um, you know, watch for the announcement. Yeah. It'll be, the announcement will be in the next week or two. Okay. Awesome. And, and I'll be sure to share that out to you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're getting in early, you can get a free copy and, um, you know, before I shut off the promo. So that'll be a really good opportunity <laughs> for people to get, you know, quality, what I think is quality and what's, you know, free. Um, you know, ideas and thoughts and advice on yeah. personal finances. Yeah. And I can tell you if Erica Jensen is putting it out, it is going to be high quality. She oh, is a high quality guest oh, and thank friend you. for sure. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't believe we're already at the end. We still always have so much information to cover, but I think this was a great show. I think we gave people a lot of really good relevant information. So thanks for coming out and I'm going to see you. We're going to see you again next month and have another great show. So we will see you then. Thanks a lot. Thank Amy you. Robinson is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a Vinyl Tramp Radio production.